Sir Francis Drake's famous voyage round the world. Narrative by Francis Pretty, one of Drake's gentlemen at arms. The famous voyage of Sir Francis Drake into the South Sea, and thereence about the whole globe of the earth, begun in the year of our Lord 1577. The fifteenth day of November, in the year of our Lord 1577, Master Francis Drake, with a fleet of five ships and barks, and to the number of 164 men, gentlemen and sailors, departed from Plymouth, giving out his pretended voyage for Alexandria. But the wind falling contrary, he was forced the next morning to put into Falmouth Haven, in Cornwall, where such and so terrible a tempest took us, as few men have seen the like, and was indeed so vehement that all our ships were like to have gone to rack. But it pleased God to preserve us from that extremity, and to afflict us only for that present with these two particulars. The mast of our admiral, which was the pelican, was cut overboard for the safeguard of the ship, and the marigold was driven ashore, and somewhat bruised. For the repairing of which damages we returned again to Plymouth, and having recovered those harms, and brought the ships again to good state, we set forth the second time from Plymouth, and set sail the thirteenth day of December following. The twenty-fifth day of the same month we fell with the Cape Contine, upon the coast of Barbary, and coasting along, the twenty-seventh day we found an island called Mogador, lying one mile distant from the main. Between which island and the main we found a very good and safe harbour for our ships to ride in, as also very good entrance, and void of any danger. On this island our general erected a pinnace, whereof he brought out of England with him four already framed. While these things were in doing, there came to the water's side some of the inhabitants of the country, showing forth their flags of truce, which being seen of our general, he sent his ship's boat to the shore to know what they would. They being willing to come aboard, our men left their one man of our company for a pledge, and brought two of theirs aboard our ship, which by signs showed our general that the next day they would bring some provision, as sheep, capons, and hens, and such like. Whereupon our general bestowed amongst them some linen cloth and shoes, and a javelin, which they very joyfully received, and departed for that time. The next morning they failed not to come again to the water's side. And our general again setting out our boat, one of our men leaping over rashly ashore, and offering friendly to embrace them, they set violent hands on him, offering a dagger to his throat if he had made any resistance, and so laying him on a horse carried him away so that a man cannot be too circumspect and wary of himself among such miscreants. Our pinnace being finished, we departed from this place the thirtieth and last day of December, and coasting along the shore we did descry, not contrary to our expectation, certain canters, which were Spanish fishermen, to whom we gave chase and took three of them. And proceeding further we met with three carvels, and took them also. The seventeenth day of January we arrived at Cape Blanco, where we found a ship riding at anchor, within the cape, and but two simple mariners in her. Which ship we took and carried her further into the harbour, where we remained four days, and in that space our general mustered and trained his men on land in warlike manner, to make them fit for all occasions. In this place we took of the fishermen such necessaries as we wanted, and they could yield us, and leaving here one of our little barks, called the Benedict, we took with us one of theirs which they called canters, being of the burden of forty tons or thereabouts. All these things being finished we departed this harbour the 22th of January, carrying along with us one of the Portugal Carvels, which was bound to the islands of Cape Verde for salt, whereof good store is made in one of those islands. The master or pilot of that Carvel did advertise our general that upon one of those islands, called Mayo, there was a great store of dried cabritos, which a few inhabitants their dwelling did yearly make ready for such of the king's ships as did their touch, being bound for his country of Brazil or elsewhere. 
We fell with this island the 27th of January, but the inhabitants would in no case traffic with us, being thereof forbidden by the king's edict. Yet the next day our general sent to view the island, and the likelihoods that might be there of provision of victuals, about threescore and two men under the conduct and government of Master Winter and Master Doughty. And marching towards the chief place of habitation in this island, as by the Portugal we were informed, having travelled to the mountains the space of three miles, and arriving there somewhat before the daybreak, we arrested ourselves, to see day before us. Which appearing, we found the inhabitants to be fled, but the place, by reason that it was manured, we found to be more fruitful than the other part, especially the valleys among the hills. Here we gave ourselves a little refreshing, as by very ripe and sweet grapes, which the fruitfulness of the earth at that season of the year yielded us, and that season being with us the depth of winter, it may seem strange that those fruits were then there growing. But the reason thereof is this, because they being between the tropic and the equinoctial, the sun passeth twice in the year through their zenith over their heads, by means whereof they have two summers, and being so near the heat of the line they never lose the heat of the sun so much, but the fruits have their increase and continuance in the midst of winter. The island is wonderfully stored with goats and wild hens, and it hath salt also, without labor, save only that the people gather it into heaps, which continually in greater quantity is increased upon the sands by the flowing of the sea, and the receiving heat of the sun kerning the same. So that of the increase thereof they keep a continual traffic with their neighbors. Amongst other things we found here a kind of fruit called cocos, which because it is not commonly known with us in England, I thought good to make some description of it. The tree beareth no leaves nor branches, but at the very top the fruit groweth in clusters, hard at the top of the stem of the tree, as big every several fruit as a man's head, but having taken off the uttermost bark, which you shall find to be very full of strings or sinews, as I may term them, you shall come to a hard shell, which may hold in quantity of liquor a pint commonly, or some a quart, and some less. Within that shell, of the thickness of half an inch good, you shall have a kind of hard substance and very white, no less good and sweet than almonds, within that again, a certain clear liquor, which being drunk, you shall not only find it very delicate and sweet, but most comfortable and cordial. After we had satisfied ourselves with some of these fruits, we marched further into the island, and saw great store of cabritos alive, which were so chased by the inhabitants that we could do no good towards our provision, but they had laid out, as it were to stop our mouths withal, certain old dried cabritos, which being but ill, and small and few, we made no account of. Being returned to our ships, our general departed hence the thirty-one of this month, and sailed by the island of Santiago, but far enough from the danger of the inhabitants, who shot and discharged at us three pieces, but they all fell short of us, and did us no harm. The island is fair and large, and, as it seemeth, rich and fruitful, and inhabited by the Portugals, but the mountains and high places of the island are said to be possessed by the Moors, who having been slaves to the Portugals, to ease themselves, made escape to the desert places of the island, where they abide with great strength. Being before this island, we espied two ships under sail, to the one of which we gave chase, and in the end boarded her with a ship boat without resistance which we found to be a good prize, and she yielded unto us good store of wine. Which prize our general committed to the custody of Master Doughty, and retaining the pilot, sent the rest away with his pinnace, giving them a butt of wine and some victuals, and their wearing clothes, and so they departed. The same night we came with the island called by the Portugal's Ilha do Fogo, that is, the burning island, in the north side whereof is a consuming fire. The matter is said to be of sulphur, but, notwithstanding, it is like to be a commodious island, because the Portugals have built, and do inhabit there. 
Upon the south side thereof leath a most pleasant and sweet island, the trees whereof are always green and fair to look upon, in respect whereof they call it Illa Brava, that is, the brave island. From the banks thereof into the sea do run in many places reasonable streams of fresh water easy to come by, but there was no convenient road for our ships, for such was the depth that no ground could be had for anchoring. And it is reported that ground was never found in that place, so that the tops of Fogo burn not so high in the air, but the roots of Brava are quenched as low in the sea. Being departed from these islands, we drew towards the line, where we were become the space of three weeks, but yet subject to divers great storms, terrible lightnings and much thunder. But with this misery we had the commodity of great store of fish, as dolphins, bonitos, and flying fishes, whereof some fell into our ships, whereins they could not rise again for want of moisture, for when their wings are dry they cannot fly. From the first day of our departure from the islands of Cape Verde, we sailed fifty-four days without sight of land. And the first land that we fell with was the coast of Brazil, which we saw the 5th of April, in the height of 33 degrees towards the Pole Antarctic. And being discovered at sea by the inhabitants of the country, they made upon the coast great fires for a sacrifice, as we learned, to the devils, about which they use conjurations, making heaps of sand, and other ceremonies, that when any ship shall go about to stay upon their coast, not only sands may be gathered together in shoals in every place, but also that storms and tempests may arise, to the casting away of ships and men, whereof, as it is reported, there have been divers experiments. The seventh day in a mighty great storm, both of lightning, rain, and thunder, we lost the canter, which we called the Christopher. But the eleventh day after, by our general's great care in dispersing his ships, we found her again, and the place where we met our general called the Cape of Joy, where every ship took in some water. Here we found a good temperature and sweet air, a very fair and pleasant country with an exceeding fruitful soil, where were great store of large and mighty deer, but we came not to the sight of any people, but travelling further into the country we perceived the footing of people in the clay ground, showing that they were men of great stature. Being returned to our ships we weighed anchor, and ran somewhat further, and harboured ourselves between the rock and the main where by means of the rock that break the force of the sea, we rid very safe. And upon this rock we killed for our provision certain sea wolves, commonly called with us seals. From hence we went our course to thirty-six degrees, and entered the great river of plate, and ran into fifty-four and fifty-three and a half fathoms of fresh water, where we filled our water by the ship's side, but our general finding here no good harborough, as he thought he should, bear out again to see the 27th of April, and in bearing out we lost sight of our fly-boat wherein Master Doughty was. But we, sailing along, found a fair and reasonable good bay, wherein were many and the same profitable islands, one whereof had so many seals as would at the least have laden all our ships, and the rest of the islands are, as it were, laden with fowls, which is wonderful to see, and they of divers sorts. It is a place very plentiful of victuals, and hath in it no want of fresh water. Our general, after certain days of his abode in this place, being on shore in an island, the people of the country showed themselves unto him, leaping and dancing, and entered into traffic with him, but they would not receive anything at any man's hands, but the same must be cast upon the ground. They are of clean, comely, and strong bodies, swift on foot, and seem to be very active. The eighteenth day of May, our general thought it needful to have a care of such ships as were absent and therefore endeavouring to seek the fly-boat wherein Master Doughty was, we espied her again the next day. And whereas certain of our ships were sent to discover the coast and to search an harbour, 
the marigold and the canter being employed in that business, came unto us and gave us understanding of a safe harbour that they had found. Wherewith all our ships bare, and entered it, where we watered and made new provision of victuals, as by seals, whereof we slew to the number of two hundred or three hundred in the space of an hour. Here our general in the admiral rid close aboard the fly-boat, and took out of her all the provision of victuals and what else was in her, and hauling her to the land, set fire to her, and so burnt her to save the ironwork. Which being a doing, there came down of the country certain of the people naked, saving only about their waist the skin of some beast, with the fur or hair on, and something also wreathed on their heads. Their faces were painted with divers' colors, and some of them had on their heads the similitude of horns, every man his bow, which was an L in length, and a couple of arrows. They were very agile people and quick to deliver, and seemed not to be ignorant in the feats of wars, as by their order of ranging a few men might appear. These people would not of a long time receive anything at our hands, yet at length our general being ashore, and they dancing after their accustomed manner about him, and he once turning his back towards them, one leapt suddenly to him, and took his cap with his gold band off his head, and ran a little distance from him, and shared it with his fellow, the cap to the one, and the band to the other. Having dispatched all our business in this place, we departed and set sail. And immediately upon our setting forth we lost our canter, which was absent three of four days, but when our general had her again, he took out the necessaries, and so gave her over, near to the Cape of Good Hope. The next day after, being the twentieth of June, we harbored ourselves again in a very good harborough, called by Magellan, Port St. Julian, where we found a gibbet standing upon the main, which we supposed to be the place where Magellan did execution upon some of his disobedient and rebellious company. The two and twentieth day our general went ashore to the main, and in his company John Thomas, and Robert Winterhier, Oliver the Master Gunner, John Brewer, Thomas Hood, and Thomas Drake. And entering on land, they presently met with two or three of the country people. And Robert Winterhier having in his hands a bow and arrows, went about to make a shoot of pleasure, and, in his draft, his bowstring break, which the rude savages taking as a token of war, began to bend the force of their bows against our company, and drove them to their shifts very narrowly. In this port our general began to inquire diligently of the actions of Master Thomas Doughty, and found them not to be such as he looked for, but tending rather of contention or mutiny, or some other disorder, whereby, without redress, the success of the voyage might greatly have been hazarded. Whereupon the company was called together and made acquainted with the particulars of the cause, which were found, partly by Master Doughty's own confession, and partly by the evidence of the fact, to be true. Which when our general saw, although his private affection to Master Doughty, as he then in the presence of us all sacredly protested, was great, yet the care he had of the state of the voyage, of the expectation of Her Majesty, and of the honour of his country did more touch him, as indeed it ought, than the private respect of one man. So that the cause being truly heard, and all things done in good order as near as might be to the course of our laws in England, it was concluded that Master Doughty should receive punishment according to the quality of the offence. And he, seeing no remedy but patience for himself, desired before his death to receive the communion, which he did at the hands of Master Fletcher, our minister, and our general himself accompanied him in that holy action. Which being done, and the place of execution made ready, he having embraced our general, and taken his leave of all the company, with prayers for the Queen's Majesty and our realm, in quiet sort laid his head to the block, where he ended his life. This being done, our general made divers speeches to the whole company, persuading us to unity, obedience, love, and regard of our voyage, 
and for the better confirmation thereof, willed every man the next Sunday following to prepare himself the communion, as Christian brethren and friends, ought to do. Which was done in very reverent sort, and so with good contentment every man went about his business. The seventeenth day of August we departed the port of St. Julian, and the twentieth day we fell with the Strait of Magellan, going into the South Sea, at the cape or headland whereof we found the body of a dead man, whose flesh was clean consumed. The twenty-first day we entered the strait, which we found to have many turnings, and as it were shuttings up, as if there were no passage at all. By means whereof we had the wind often against us, so that some of the fleet recovering a cape or point of land, others should be forced to turn back again, and to come to an anchor where they could. In this strait there be many fair harbors, with store of fresh water. But yet they lack their best commodity, for the water there is of such depth, that no man shall find ground to anchor in, except it be in some narrow river or corner, or between some rocks, so that if any extreme blasts or contrary winds do come, whereunto the place is much subject, it carrieth with it no small danger. The land on both sides is very huge and mountainous, the lower mountains whereof, although they be monstrous and wonderful to look upon for their height, yet there are others which in height exceed them in a strange manner, reaching themselves above their fellows so high, that between them did appear three regions of clouds. These mountains are covered with snow. At both the southerly and easterly parts of the strait there are island, among which the sea hath his indraft into the straits, even as it hath in the main entrance of the fret. This strait is extreme cold, with frost and snow continually, the trees seem to stoop with the burden of the weather, and yet are green continually, and many good and sweet herbs do very plentifully grow and increase under them. The breadth of the strait is in some places a league, in some other places two leagues and three leagues, and in some other four leagues, but the narrowest place hath a league over. The 24th of August we arrived at an island in the straits, where we found great store of fowl which could not fly, of the bigness of geese, whereof we killed in less than one day three thousand, and victualled ourselves throughly therewith. The sixth day of September we entered the South Sea at the Cape or Head Shore. The seventh day we were driven by a great storm from the entering into the South Sea, two hundred leagues and odd in longitude, and one degree to the southward of the strait, in which height, and so many leagues to the westward, the fifteenth day of September, fell out the eclipse of the moon at the hour of six of the clock at night. But neither did the ecliptical conflict of the moon impair our state, nor her clearing again amend us a whit, but the accustomed eclipse of the sea continued in his force, we being darkened more than the moon sevenfold. From the bay which we called the Bay of Severing of Friends, we were driven back to the southward of the straits in fifty-seven degrees and a tierce, in which height we came to an anchor among the islands, having there fresh and very good water, with herbs of singular virtue. Not far from hence we entered another bay, where we found people, both men and women, in their canoes naked, and ranging from one island to another seek their meat, who entered traffic with us for such things as they had. We returning hence northward again, found the third of October three islands, in one of which was such plenty of birds as is scant credible to report. The eighth day of October we lost sight of one of our consorts, wherein Master Winter was, who, as then we supposed, was put by a storm into the straits again. Which at our return home we found to be true, and he not perished, as some of our company feared. Thus being come into the height of the straits again, we ran, supposing the coast of Chile to lie as the general maps have described it, namely northwest, which we found to lie and trend to the northeast and eastwards. Whereby it appeareth that this part of Chile hath not been truly hitherto discovered, or at the least not truly reported, for the space of twelve degrees at the least, being set down either of purpose to deceive, or of ignorant conjecture. 